Thank you for leading us into this uh, glorious celebration of the courageous power of Jesus. Um, it is uh, my name is Drew Smith. I get the privilege of getting to be the pastor uh, here at uh, this version, this expression, this uh, I like to say this grain of sand of the Church of Jesus Christ on the the beach that is uh, His church around the world and throughout the ages. And uh, we uh, today will uh, we continue to celebrate the the very powerful, courageous power of Jesus in our lives and in this world. Um, one thing that we'll see as we look at our passage today is we is that in Jesus there is no lost cause, or better yet, there is no lost person. Everyone is redeemable because of His power. Uh, I, I learned this um, vividly uh, in my experience with a group in Mobile, Alabama, uh, when I was serving a church there called Larch. And Larch was a was a home uh, that uh, uh, were folks from a variety, the full spectrum of mental and physical um, abilities and disabilities lived there. Um, and a number of folks just had a number of those kinds of issues. And um, uh, Lily Bell moved there in 1976. Um, Lily Bell had some uh, developmental intellectual issues and some physical ones also. And for the first several years of her life, um, she was um, abused, mistreated, sort of discarded. Um, and she uh, was very angry because of that. When she uh, got to, to the, the home, uh, um, Gary, who I, I, I knew, who'd been there, was there when she got there and uh, was there when I um, uh, knew uh, both him and Lily Bell in the early 2000s. Gary said, yeah, she would just go off on a rage. She would go into the kitchen sometimes and just grab plates and throw them against the wall. She was mean and she was angry. And uh, Doug said, so we, we took 10 years, a full decade, and we just loved Lily Bell. We just tried to demonstrate to her the love of Jesus. That even when she acted out, she was corrected, but we refused to do anything but love her. I got to meet uh, Lily Bell you know, many years after that. I think I have a picture of, of her. She was a member uh, of the church that we that I served in Mobile. Kind, gentle, um, very. Uh, she's an animal lover, uh, an, an artist, and was amazed to hear these stories. She's one of the most generous people I know. Um, she made when I met her uh, twenty one dollars a month, and she gave seven away to Compassion International to adopt a child. Yeah, somewhere around the world. So she gave away a third of her income. And like I said, she's now an artist. I think we have a picture of her art that is on, on display. But you can see in, in that art just now how Lily Bell, who was once a lost cause, now through the power of the cross, through the power of Jesus, is now a fully loving, serving human being. Uh, Created in the image of God and in the power of the spirit and the power of the community living into that that fullness even. 
But she's one, an example of one who was controlled by evil. Who Jesus freed and then sent her out to serve and to love. Even, even though she was in one of those dire situations we can imagine, that Jesus transformed the evil that she faced into, into love. That, that's what we'll see in our passage. That, that's what Jesus does. He rescues those that are in evil. Not just that are bad, not just that are a little messed up. He rescues those who are in the depths of evil. And transforms them and sends them to love. With Jesus, there is no lost cause. Now, our, our passage will, will demonstrate this. Uh, Mark chapter 5, um, the first 20 verses tells a story where, where this is what Jesus demonstrated. It's on page 840 in your pew Bible. Or you can follow along on the screen if, uh, if you'd like. Um, Mark chapter 5. Let's, let's pray together. Uh, Almighty God, we do thank you for your word that speaks to us of your amazing, courageous power and love and compassion. Now, open our minds and hearts so that we will continue to be transformed by your power. Uh, show us where we're falling short of who you are. Show us uh, what you are uh, speaking to us. Uh, give us ears to hear, a heart to receive, and then hands and feet to do. Uh, and lips to do according to your good and perfect will. In the name of Jesus we pray. Amen. Uh, Mark chapter 5. Um, uh, this follows after uh, what we looked at last week. Uh, Samuel talked about Jesus and the disciples in the boat when he calmed the storm. Well, now the storm's calmed and they're to the other side. They came to the other side of the sea, to the country of Gerasenes. And when Jesus had stepped out of the boat, immediately there met him out of the tombs, a man with an unclean spirit. He lived among the tombs and no one could bind him anymore, not even with a chain. For he'd often been bound with shackles and chains, but he wrenched the chains apart and he broke the shackles in pieces. No one had the strength to subdue him. Night and day among the tombs and on the mountains, he was always crying out and cutting himself with stones. And when he saw Jesus from afar, he ran and fell down before him. And crying out with a loud voice, he said, What have you to do with me, Jesus, Son of the Most High God? I adjure you by God, do not torment me. For he was saying to him, Come out of the man, you unclean spirit. And Jesus asked him, what is your name? He replied, my name is Legion, for we are many. And he begged him earnestly not to send them out of the country. Now a great herd of pigs was feeding there on the hillside. And they begged him, saying, send us to the pigs, let us enter them. So he gave them permission. And the unclean spirits came out and entered the pigs into the herd, numbering about 2,000 rushed down the sweet, the steep bank into the sea and drowned in the sea. The herdsmen fled and told it in the city and in the country. And, and people came to see what it was that had happened. And they came to Jesus and saw the demon-possessed man, the one who had the legion, sitting there, clothed and in his right mind. And they were afraid. 
And those who'd seen it described to them what had happened to the demon-possessed man and to the pigs. And they began to beg Jesus to depart from their region. As he was getting into the boat, the man who had been possessed with demons begged him that he might be with him. And he did not permit him, but said to him, Go home to your friends. Tell them how much the Lord has done for you and how he has had mercy on you. And he went away and began to proclaim in the Decapolis how much Jesus had done for him. And everyone marveled. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Now, I want to take a couple minutes here and um, just talk about uh, the, the devil you know, and demons. Um, you know, for some people, they can obsess with that. I mean, they can get really engaged. Whoa, devil, demons, what's all that about? Get all up, up and excited about it. And other people are totally turned off. They're like, demons, devils, I don't believe in demons and devils. And that's, that, that's fine e- either way. Um, but I just want to give a little bit about the devil and demons. Uh, for those that get all upset about it, listen, this isn't about the devil's power. This is about the power of Jesus. Jesus wasn't obsessed. He, if you, Jesus was sort of calm the whole way through. Everybody else was all agitated, but not Jesus. So we don't need to get agitated. Those that do, um, uh, that, that don't, don't believe in the devil, that's fine too. I'm not here to convince anybody the existence of the devil. Now I am here to say Jesus is alive. Jesus is real. And so if you're good with, if you're ready to accept Jesus and ready to go with him, then great. I'm not worried about whether or not you believe in the devil or not. Um, but I do. I believe there is uh, a devil. There are spiritual beings who are real, who have rebelled against our creator and who are at work to destroy, undermine, diminish the goodness, the very goodness of God's creation. And those uh, those those beings are at work in our lives and in our world. And, and one of the uh, to me, the way that I see that evil is organized is, is just the fact that there's global hunger. I mean, in our world, we've got enough food to feed everybody. And I, I think we would agree. Yeah, everybody needs to have the basic amount of food that they need. But somehow or another, we can't do it. To me, that's just a sign. There's an organized force greater than us who is at work diminishing the very goodness of God's creation, not allowing those human beings created in the image of God to have the very food that they need. That, that, That in and of itself is enough for me to say there's something organized against us. And as well, the scriptures teach it. Jesus believed in them. So if it's good enough for Jesus, it's good enough for me also. But... If you don't, you're still like, no, I don't believe in that. That's fine. Just remove the D. Do you believe in evil? And yet, usually when we say I believe in evil, everybody's on board. I mean, you don't have to look far this week. I mean, just last night, there was a soccer match in Indonesia. A huge, um, and there was a huge stampede. 174 people died at a soccer game. Uh, did, did you hear about that little storm, Ian? That crossed through Florida and all the devastation and destruction and also across Cuba that it caused. Now, I, I think we can all agree. Yes. Okay. Evil is real. So whether or not you believe it's personified or not, we can all agree evil's real. And in this passage, what we see is that the devil or evil, I think we even have a little 
slide for this. Just to say, regardless of where you are on this, we know that there's, see, whether it's the devil or whether it's evil, you see, just add the D or take it away. It destroys and divides human life. That, that's what's happening in this past. This man that Jesus engages, overcome by evil, he, possessed by an unclean spirit, is how Mark puts it. And his life is destroyed. He is dehumanized. Pushed out, I mean, in every way, particularly to the original readers, a Jewish reader, you know, Pigs were unclean. Death was unclean. This man was unclean. There was a demon possessed. Everything about this, just heinous, grotesque evil of every kind, has this man diminished and dehumanized. Isolated from everyone else. He's better off living with the dead than with the living. And Jesus takes the initiative to enter into his life. The man didn't call him. None of his friends called him. The pigs didn't call him. The dead didn't call him. Jesus took the initiative to enter because his life is valuable. He is a human being created in the image of God, even though everything that he's doing is grotesque. Everything that he does would make me want to run and hide. Jesus doesn't. Because his value is not in what he's accomplished or who he is or if he's in his right mind or in his right body. His value is in that he's created in the image of God. And that's every single human being. The most grotesque to the most beautiful in our eyes. And even this man sees himself that way. He sees himself As a lost cause. But Jesus shows that he has great value. I wonder. For for many of us. do, Do we lean in the same direction of this man? Do we view ourselves? Do we talk about ourselves in belittling ways? Do we heap guilt and shame upon ourselves? Do we devalue ourselves through our own self-talk? Thinking that we're a lost cause. Granted, there may be things that you've done, things that I've done, that do not deserve acclamation. They deserve judgment. But your value, my value, has nothing to do with what we've done. It has to do with the very heart of God and the very image of God in which you are created. You know, suicide is the number one killer in teenagers and young adults. It's one of the the fastest increasing causes of death in the United States. Uh, Because we do not understand the value that you have, that I have, that the person to your right and left has, because we're created in the image of God. And if, if anyone here, if anyone hearing or listening this, that you're in the place of this man where you are beating yourself up figuratively or literally, cutting, you've had thoughts of really taking your own life. I want you to hear this truth. Jesus intersects your life just like he did with this man. You are of great value. And if that's the case, 
If, if that is where you are, Jesus loves you and he wants you to come to him and rescue you from whatever evil you're in the midst of. And if you have had those thoughts, come, tell somebody that, that will take care of you, who will walk with you to in, explore and enjoy the love of Jesus. Call 988, you know, the mental health hotline number. Come over to Living Hope Counseling. Where, where they will walk with you, value you, and, and lead you to know and experience that love. Don't isolate. Don't, don't put yourself along the dead. Come be among the living. Come be a part of a growth group. Come be a part of the other groups, young adults, the youth. Come be a part of the other Bible studies. Be among others. The devil is at work in you, having you belittle yourself and destroy yourself and isolate yourself. That's the work of the devil who comes to destroy and diminish the very goodness of Genesis 1 and 2, where we're told God created you and me in his own image. And that is our value. It's not just self-talk. It's not just talk about ourselves. But it's also talk about one another. Who's the person that you despise? That you make jokes about? Who who are the the, the people that you consider your opponents? And that that you, you can't say a good thing about them? They're created in the image of God. Jesus will enter their life and rescue them. I believe our society is in serious trouble here. That, that we're, uh, that, the, that we do not understand this under, this, this, the, the value of every human being. Um, uh, you know, in, uh, United States, Western Europe, over oh, the last 30 years they've been taking these stats. Yeah, it's about, and it depends which one you read, but it's around 70, 70%. Of every pregnancy that's diagnosed with Down syndrome ends in abortion. Now, I, I, I in no way want to diminish the pain and struggle that people have, that parents have, that women have, when, when that's the case. When you get that news about the child in your womb. So I, I, I know I want to diminish just the, the pain and the agony and the struggle of that. What I want to highlight is that we live in a society that has formed people to say, hmm, they're not fully human. We, we live in a society that has prov- prom- uh, promoted and formed us to say, yeah, they're not quite a... Ch- the, the, folks, if they have that diagnosis, it's better for them not to live. I think you see it all the more, more plainly as we're coming into a campaign, a political campaign. I've been uh, reading some lately and thinking about this lately, and particularly as we relate to the president. Whether it's the current president or the last one, Biden or Trump. And you, you, you take into account, you start reading what we say about the president, our president, uh, on social media, nightly news, late night comedy shows. 
I, I challenge you, go look at social media, watch the news, watch late night comedy shows and see how many times the president of the United States or his family are the butt of the joke. Where they're dehumanized or dismissed. Again, I don't care. This is equally partisan. Every one of you has one of the presidents that you've sinned against. By belittling their humanity. By making jokes about their children or their spouse. I mean, it's everywhere and the devil loves it. That's what the devil does. The devil wants to come diminish. He wants to dehumanize us. He wants in some way to divide us. He wants to us he, in any way that he can to destroy the understanding of the very goodness of God's creation that he created you and me in God's image. Even if they were satanic. Like this man. That did not diminish the reality of their humanity and their value. The devil wins when we diminish or distort the value of any human life. And he loves it when we just play along. Brothers and sisters in Christ, are we being discipled by society or by Jesus? Are we being discipled by Saturday night, late night comedy? Or are we being discipled by CNN, Fox News? Or are we being discipled by Jesus? That's a serious question that we need to ask. And it has huge implications in our world. It has huge implications so that we are in alignment with Jesus and not opposing him. Because do you see that in the story too? The devil loves not only to distort our understanding of other of human beings, he also loves to distort our view of Jesus. I mean, the man certainly had no he thought Jesus was coming there to torment, to add on, to pile on. And then the crowd, how did they what did they do? Jesus takes this man who was distorted, dehumanized in every way. He puts him rightly clothed in his right mind. And what do they do? Jesus, you're weird, man. Can you, can you leave? Can you go? The devil loves that. We distort the view of Jesus. Again, are we being discipled by the church of, by the Jesus of the scriptures? Or are we being discipled by the, the Jesus of political campaigns. God bless you. See, I think the picture here, the great picture is always when we look in the scriptures, what, where's, what's the picture of the church? This is the picture of the church that he's given. It's the crazy man. The man who's demon possessed. That's us. That's who the church is. We're the folks that were overwhelmed by evil. And Jesus reached in at Jesus' initiative. He came in the midst of the heinous evil that would go our own way, in our own sickness, in our own selfishness. And he wrenched us out of that evil. He sent the the devil away packing and said, now you are whole. You are right in me. 
And we like that man. We're like, Jesus, I love you. I want to hang with you. I want to be with you. I'm going with you wherever you go. And Jesus says, no, you don't hang with me. Now you go back out there. You go back out there and tell the world. You show the world that every human being has value because they're made in the image of God. Their creator. You go out there and you show them the Jesus that enters into every evil in which no one is a lost cause. He enters into every pain. He enters in and brings joy. He enters in and brings healing. He enters in and brings forgiveness in the depth of our sin. You go on out there. That's us. We're like the demon-possessed man that Jesus has saved, cleansed, freed and now sends us out. What a joy that we get to be a part of Jesus' cause that is the only cause that is ultimately victorious. Let's pray. Almighty God, we do give you thanks for your word and we give you thanks for the power of Jesus that indeed indeed enters into the pain and mess of the world, enters into our pain and mess and leads us. Lord, uh, show us, uh, show us here and now what you would have us to do. Uh, where there may be uh, folks that have beating themselves up, who see themselves as a lost cause. Lord, bring them hope. Let May your light shine. May they experience the power of the cross, of the inestimable value that we have because of you. And Lord, uh, where we demean the humanity of others, even, even those that we despise and that do wrong things, Forgive us. Lead us to to transform us. So that we we don't belittle and demean. But so that we build up. That that we at, at words of grace and mercy and love and truth and goodness. Lord, we want to be discipled by you. And nothing else. Now meet us as we gather together at your table. In the name of Jesus we pray. Amen.